Welcome to a modern music industry. My name is Josiah, and in this episode, we are going to talk about the key players in the music industry, what they do, and how much they're paid. The first key player we shall talk about is the booking agent. And that's because they are one of the first people that you will hire as a freelance. The manager is very close to the artist, and so the details around management deals can be complicated based on the type of manager that you have, but booking agents are pretty straightforward. All the deals are the same, all the numbers are the same, all of the job responsibilities are the same. So what does a booking agent do? They arrange concerts and they are paid 10% of the artist's performance fee. So the money that the artist walks away with, 10% of that goes back to the booking agent. Booking agents are typically exclusive. They route tours and negotiate contracts with the promoter or the talent buyer on behalf of the artist. The tour manager will send the money, the commission, to the agent and the booking agent will only collect money for shows that they have booked. So if a booking agent has booked five shows on a tour and then the band books another five, the booking agent is only getting commission on the five shows that they were responsible for. I should say that if a booking agent books you a show in the future and then you terminate your relationship with the booking agent, they do still get paid for that show that they booked. The next key player we're gonna talk about is the promoter or the talent buyer. These are terms that are synonymous, they're different, but for the purpose of what they do and how they get paid, promoter and talent buyer are often the same people. The promoter or the talent buyer buys the talent. They take all of the risk by hiring the artist to play at the venue. The promoter or talent buyer deals directly with the booking agent and in negotiating how much the artist is paid. The promoter and talent buyer is paid a negotiated percentage of the show's net profit, which means that if the show is not profitable, if the artist doesn't sell any tickets, then the promoter loses money. The promoter and talent buyer works for the venue. So if you're playing a bar and you have a guarantee of $300 and you don't sell any tickets and the bar doesn't make any money, well, it's not the bar that's losing money, it's the promoter slash talent buyer that's losing the money. Usually, this is a separate entity connected to a separate bank account. Sometimes it's the same person. The bar owner will also be the talent buyer, but for established clubs and venues, theaters, uh, certainly anything bigger than a theater, uh, promoters are their own corporate entities with their own bank account, their own revenue streams, which makes them a lot more able to take the risk. The largest promoter in the US is Live Nation. And I know you think, oh, Live Nation, I thought that they were, that they do concerts, that they build arenas. It's like, well, no, they promote shows at those arenas. So it's not Verizon Wireless Amphitheater taking the risk, it's Live Nation taking the risk and putting up the money up front to throw the concert. Let's actually go a little bit more into depth about that specific scenario. Let's say that Taylor Swift wants to play Verizon Wireless Amphitheater. Live Nation 
upon confirming the show with Taylor Swift's booking agent, will negotiate the performance fee. Now Live Nation has to go ahead and pay Taylor Swift her fee. All of the expenses have to be paid up front so that the show will happen. The venue has to be paid its share. The people that are employed, such as the parking lot attendants and the bartenders, they gotta get paid no matter how many tickets are sold. The artist has to get paid, the artist's crew has to get paid, the artist manager has to get paid. Everybody has to get paid when the show is confirmed and so the promoter will front all of those costs and then by doing so, takes all of the risk. The catch is that the promoter also gets a huge opportunity on the back end if the show does really well. I'm not going to go into specifics of amphitheater deals because if you are negotiating those types of deals, well, you're not really probably getting much out of this course. <laughs> in fact, how about you come over to my house and teach me something? But in this case, the promoter has a whole bunch to gain if the show is a success. Uh, and so it would be Live Nation in that case, making a ton of money on a sold out Taylor Swift show at the Verizon Wireless Amphitheater. Let's talk about the manager next. The manager is the leader of the band's business activity. They make all of the decisions in all aspects of the band's career. A manager builds bridges and puts out fires. Typically, management is exclusive, and there's, for the sake of this, two types of manager deals. There are contracted managers, so managers that you signed a contract with, and there are handshake managers. Managers that you have known for so long and are even sometimes in the band that the only contractual obligation you have to them is via a handshake. These are obviously more difficult to address in crises later in an artist's career because there aren't pre-written guidelines for how the manager will continue to get paid for work that they've done after the manager stops representing the artist. The handshake manager is very common in Nashville uh, and in situations where the manager is an old friend or family member of the performing artist. The manager will develop a tour in conjunction with the booking agent and is often responsible for selecting the support acts. The manager negotiates merchandise price. They hire and fire tour crew members. This is very important, having someone up top that can uh, recognize if there is a problem with some of the crew members, freelance musicians that are brought on for a tour and replace them if need be. The manager negotiates all of the general terms of a record deal, but they will hire a lawyer as you should always hire a lawyer whenever you sign a contract. But the manager will negotiate the, uh, the general terms of you know, what they want and uh, what they aren't willing to concede on behalf of the artist. The manager selects the producer, the session musicians, and the studio for a band's record unless the record label has control over those aspects. The manager is affected by something called a sunset clause. And the sunset clause is essentially a clause in a contract that outlines how much the manager is going to be paid 
in the sunset of your time with them. So if the manager is the sun, and then when the sun sets, the manager leaves, either the artist and the manager have a falling out, or the manager gets hired by a larger agency or is transferred to an agency and he isn't allowed to bring his band with him, how does he get paid for the work that he did with the artist after they've stopped working together? And so a sunset clause basically outlines a stepping a staircase of percentiles over time for the percent of the artist's general revenue stream that the manager will take control of. So let's say a two-year sunset clause would be after the first three months, the manager's 15% is brought to 10%. After six months, 10% is dropped to 7.5. After one year, 7.5 is dropped to 5%. After 18 months, that 5% drops to 2.5%. And after two years, the 2.5 is rendered to 0%, essentially the full sunset of your relationship and contractual obligations with the manager uh, after you guys stop working together. Well, how much is a manager paid when you are working together with them? Typically, it is 15 to 20% of the artist's gross income, except for a couple exceptions, the most notable being a record deal advance. Uh, we are going to talk a lot more about record deal terminology such as the advance and navigating a record deal in a later lesson, but the only thing you need to know is that a manager should not take a percentage of an advance, which is technically a line of credit from the record label. We'll get into that later. Let's talk about the business manager. This is an overlooked position, but it's very important. Your business manager handles all of the money. They will pay your taxes. They will build your tour budget. They are responsible for accounting all income and expenses. The business manager will issue paychecks for crew and band members, and they will double and even triple check the numbers. The business manager is responsible for you not getting audited by the IRS. And let me tell you something, the IRS always gets their money. Might take a while, but they get it. The business manager oversees the recording budget. The business manager pays all bills related to production and collects all royalties from a record label. The business manager is the only person that can say no. They have the ultimate authority if your idea is over budget. This is great. This is why business managers are so important because they, they're the person that puts your finances into perspective. How much is a business manager paid? Well, they receive 5% of the artist's gross income or they are paid hourly. So if you are a small band and you just need to hire a business manager to set a tour budget, uh, log income and expenses and pay your taxes, you can pay them hourly. If you have a business manager on retainer, they are paid 5%. Another thing to note is that the business manager only collects commission while working. They are not affected by the sunset clause that the normal manager would be affected by. The publicist. We talked a little bit about the publicist in our section on publicity, DIY publicity versus hiring a publicist, but I'm gonna give you a quick synopsis of it again. The publicist is the person that arranges press coverage. That can be album reviews, concert reviews, features, video premieres, and in-person appearances such as on TV. They arrange radio and magazine interviews 
And the publicist is not necessarily exclusive, but rather coordinated. So if you have an album release PR team, they can work together. But if they are doing a TV or magazine interview, that is usually an exclusive. Publicists are hired in terms of three to six months, and they are paid a monthly fee over the course of the PR campaign. It is very rare for a publicist to ask to be put on a retainer unless it is an in-house publicist that is working with a record label that holds the rights to your record. In-house publicists are paid differently and you shouldn't need to worry about that. That will be your record labels, business manager and accountants who will handle all their checks. Let's talk about the attorney next. The attorney is super important. It's something that bands don't think that they need until they realize they just got screwed in a record deal. The attorney reviews and negotiates all contracts. They assist the booking agents on performance contracts and they assist the manager on recording contracts. They can also assist the band on manager contracts. So the attorney is an important person to have as an unbiased source of information. Too much pull in either direction. Well, they wouldn't be much of an attorney if they have hidden interests uh, with one or more parties. It's actually illegal. And attorneys in the past have gotten into a lot of trouble for falsely representing one client. I recommend hiring your own attorney if a record label wants to provide you with an attorney that they work with often, chances are the attorney's uh, allegiances are going to align with the person that brings them more business. That would be the record label, not you. The attorney are usually paid an hourly or a flat fee. However, in certain parts of the United States, they are paid 5% of the artist's gross income as a retainer. On the day of the show, there are additional key players that you will need to know about. The first one is the front of house engineer. The front of house engineer mixes the audio for the audience. The monitor engineer mixes audio for the members of the band on stage, and this person is usually located on or near the stage, while the front of house engineer will be stationed somewhere far out in the audience in the center of the room. The last person you need to know about is the lighting designer, or LD. They work to create the lighting, atmosphere, art installation, and visual effects of a show. The LD operates a light board during the show, usually next to the front of house engineer, and that light board can be controlled either by hand or by software. That wraps up today's episode. My name is Josiah. You are awesome, and I appreciate you.